Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, let us consider Onesimus, the slave of Philemon. A great deal of what we know of Onesimus, the slave, comes to us from this morning's epistle. We read almost its entirety. But before we consider Onesimus, the slave, let me introduce a few characters in the epistle of Philemon. Philemon himself. He was a resident of Colossae and a Roman citizen who was known publicly for his kindness, his hospitality, and his gracious spirit. And while Paul himself did not found or evangelize the church in Colossae, it is obvious that Paul did convert Philemon and knows him personally. Philemon is an upstanding Christian whom Paul had converted and considers a friend. We also know that the church in Colossae is meeting in Philemon's house at the time of the letter. And Paul addresses the letter not only to Philemon, Philemon, but his wife, Apphia, whom we know nothing about, and also Archippus, who is the bishop or the priest in Colossae. Now Onesimus. Onesimus is a slave of Philemon. And according to church legend, Onesimus was born of very wealthy parents who were both killed when he was a young child. And he was taken in by an aunt, a foster mother, and was raised and educated by this foster mother. Unfortunately, she died a few years later when Onesimus was 12, and her will, or what we consider a will, the legal documents were lost and disputed, and that left him without any sort of status according to Roman law. So the death of his aunt left Onesimus without parent and stripped subsequently of Roman citizenship. And Onesimus was sold into slavery. Philemon buys Onesimus at the market in Colossae, and Onesimus becomes a slave of Philemon, sometime before Philemon's conversion. Now, a few years after the conversion of Philemon to Christianity, the slave Onesimus, now nearly 20 years old, steals, makes off with some of Philemon's money or valuables. He runs away some 900 miles from Colossae to Caesarea, where Paul is imprisoned. Onesimus travels from Colossae to Caesarea with a purpose, with intention. He travels to see Paul. But we have no idea why he would do so. We have no reason to think that Paul will be of any use or help to him. It's obvious from Paul's writings that Paul is not publicly opposed to slavery. Or at the least, Paul never gives any outright indication that he's opposed. In his letter to Titus, Paul writes this, Bid slaves be submissive to their masters, to give satisfaction in every respect. So, it's very curious that Onesimus makes a 900-mile journey to seek Paul. Now, what makes this flight of Onesimus more perplexing is his risk, the risk of taking this 900-mile journey. If a runaway slave is found or caught, they are branded on their forehead with a hot iron, the K 
capital letter F for fugitive. They are then bound and returned to their master where they are shown no mercy and usually put to death. So Onesimus, who has stolen riches from his master, Philemon, walks 900 miles to Caesarea to see Paul. Once in the city, Onesimus goes into its center and into the Roman jail, guarded by many Roman soldiers. Not exactly what we would expect from someone who's trying to keep a low profile and escape death. But he gets there. Paul receives Onesimus in the Roman jail, and Paul does what Paul does best. He converts him, baptizes him, right there in the jail with St. Mark and St. Luke attending. But now Paul is faced with a problem. What does he do with this runaway slave? Does he tell Onesimus to flee, continue to go? Does he send him back to Philemon and pray that Philemon show mercy on him when Rome certainly will not? As we read in the letter this morning, Paul sends him back to Philemon, but not without a heartfelt, tender, and humble entry, of which we read this morning. Paul, as an apostle, has the authority, spiritual authority that is, to direct or order Philemon to release the slave Onesimus. But Paul didn't do that. Rather, Paul lays out a compelling and a passionate plea for the life of his slave. To begin with, Paul foregoes his apostolic privilege and writes to Philemon as a slave himself, calling himself a prisoner or imprisoned five times in a letter that is only 25 verses long. Next, Paul appeals to a foundational Christian principle that all who have been baptized in Christ are children of God and brothers and sisters. So no one person is any better than another. So two who were once slave and master are now brothers. Paul calls both of them his children, bringing to light to the forefront that in fact that it was he who converted them both that it would be personally troubling for him if any ill were to come to either Philemon or Onesimus. Now finally, Paul plays on the name of Onesimus itself, which means profitable, useful. Whereas Onesimus was not profitable or useful to Philemon in that he stole money and valuables from him and ran away. But now that he's come to Jesus, he's been baptized. He is useful. Paul appeals to Philemon to allow Onesimus to stay on with him as an evangelist, as a helper, as a missionary. And in that, he will be very profitable to the spread of Jesus, to the spread of the Christian church. Paul offers to pay Philemon back what Onesimus stole. But yet, brothers and sisters, at the end of the day, Paul leaves all of this decision to Philemon. And he sends Onesimus back. Now, something I find very interesting is a side note. He does not send Onesimus' slave back empty-handed, but with what is to be considered extremely valuable treasure. Onesimus and a companion of Paul named Tychus are sent to Colossae with three letters. The personal letter to Philemon, treating Onesimus' well-being. Second letter, what is known as the epistle to the Colossians. The third letter, the epistle to the Ephesians. All three of which are books of the Bible. So the slave Onesimus, the fugitive, is given a good deal of the New Testament. It's of note that upon leaving Philemon, 
receives the letter Onesimus from Onesimus and is granted his freedom. Onesimus goes on to a life of service in Christ as a great evangelist and actually ends up becoming the bishop of the town of Ephesus. He is later martyred for the faith of Jesus Christ. Philemon, once master and later brother of Onesimus, continues laboring for Christ as well. He is eventually made bishop of Colossae, and he meets an equal fate, buried chest deep and stoned to death. So then this morning, we're shown wonderful things. We're shown a child whose parents die, whose foster mother dies, who ends up getting sold into slavery. Enslaved, he steals from the slave master and runs away. During this running, the slave meets the power, the grace, and the mercy of God. In prison, he comes to love Jesus Christ and is baptized. And it is through Jesus Christ that this slave, Onesimus, is freed and becomes a powerful instrument of peace and love that brings many souls to the love and salvation of God in Jesus Christ. Now, if nothing else, brothers and sisters, if nothing else, beloved in the Lord, this should give us hope for our own lives and our own conditions. If the love of God can convert Paul, one of the greatest and most brutal persecutors of the early Christian church, convert him and make him an apostle, if the love of God can turn the heart of a slave owner wronged by his slave to not only release, but to labor alongside for the sake of the gospel. If the power of God can take an orphan turn runaway slave and make him into a bishop of the church and an example to be followed by all, then there is nothing in this life, there is no station, there is no problem too large, no situation too complicated or desperate that cannot be turned, that cannot be used for good by our Lord Jesus Christ. So let us consider our own journeys. For our lives start out in one way, Our lives will take violent twists, turns, but nothing in our life is beyond redemption. Nothing in our life is beyond the concern and the care of Jesus Christ. Our journeys may begin as fugitives. We may be running desperately from something, but through faith in Jesus Christ, from fugitives, we can become bishops, leaders in the church of Christ. From from fugitives, we can become some of the most powerful instruments of the love and mercy of God. So brothers and sisters, rejoice in Christ our Lord. Entrust our hearts to Him. Let us entrust our very lives into His care. And let us work alongside Philemon and Onesimus and Paul to show the world the love and the power and the mercy of God that can redeem even the worst situation and turn the lowliest and worst of us into instruments and vessels of God. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.